What's up, guys? Welcome to the MMA on Point live chat. Oh, my God. It's nice to see you guys again. It's been a while. How's it going? Um, if you guys remember me, it's been so long. I'm uh, Jason. I'm the co-owner of the channel. Um, you know, been been here for a while. We're back with Lawton. Lawton's back. He's see, in the background. Make sure works. I give him a hey, shout out. the button works. What's up, everybody? Woo. Hey, I'm what's back. up? <laughs> it's been a few weeks, but I'm back. Awesome. Joined by my friends. <laughs> and then, of course, P2, who's been holding it down um for us uh while we've been out uh good to see you as well good to be on the chat with you and actually hanging out how's it been for you man have you survived um i i kind of had like for the like 20 minutes before we started for the last few weeks without you i started having panic attacks about what i meant to say uh, at the start <laughs> of the show i'm like i don't even know i've never done this before so just try and get it out as quickly as possible here's jason because you were the voice of God uh, for the for the episodes, if we remember correctly. But now we have your beautiful face back. So I'm so happy in my life at the moment to see that beautiful face. I don't remember that. So while I've not been on camera, I might as well have not existed. You know, so I don't I don't remember much at all. It's pretty much it's crazy. Um, good to see you guys. I, I do want to say so for some reason we did see a super chat come through with Armenian Jiu-Jitsu. If you can just type that out in a regular message, we'll read that out. But for some reason it just it's just gone. Faith Rock says, wait, I thought we fired you. <laughs> JTVo says, who's the new guy? What up, JTVo? People are saying the sound looks good. MK-esque on their lateness. Yeah, that's true today. I think we had to, um, you know, kind of rejig everything because it's been a couple weeks since we'd gone to the, the normal setup. Didn't even have a camera set up when Lawton got here for him. I was just like, dude, we're not worried about you anymore. Yeah, it's been a morning. Lawton's camera looks like Spielberg is shooting him. He yeah. always looks fabulous. Do I? Do I? Do I? PT? Yeah. Look at you, gorgeous. You are just so sweet to me. This is why, yeah. this is why we keep you around, PT. Oh. <laughs> uh, mute your computer there, Lawton, your laptop. That's oh. that's going to bleed through like, on your mic. I'm not even here. It's on my right side. My bad. No worries. We're Gucci now. But um, yeah, so I don't know if our mini jujitsu saw that. I was hoping to read that super chat. Appreciate it. I know he gave us $5. It still says he gave us $5. Uh, but anyhow, so I think what we should do, um, once you get done typing that. I'm good. You're good. <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't want to give him instruction while he's already uh, <laughs> trying to work on something else. We're all in rookie mode. But no, I'm good. What you got? Sweet. So I say we jump right into the Kumite, get right into the big topics of this week. Because we definitely had some big news come from around the MMA world, not just the UFC. Of course, we got Usman versus Burns this weekend. But we've had some big news happen on the Bellator end, the Showtime ends. And, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump along with that first topic. Sweet. You got those questions ready, yes. and I say you uh, fire them up. Bro. ready. So, all right, guys. I know it's been a few weeks, but the Kumite, obviously, we're going to give you – did we change it to a minute or 45 seconds? It's that's a minute. How, that's how rusty I am. Okay, I thought it was still a minute. So we got five topics. Um, both of you don't haven't really been prepped too much on it. So we got one minute. We're going to toss it to either PT or Jason first. So in the chat right now, who do you guys think should take the first topic while I kind of read and preface this? Um, so who do you want, PT or Jason, to take this first one? And we got the first headline of the Bellator Tournament. And a little bit of background on that is basically just what do you make of the new Bellator attorney and the matchups inside of it? So, let's see. Let's go to the chat. I'm seeing one for PT, two for Jason. Oh. 
Two for Pizzi, two for Jason. Yeah. And nope, Jason won. Oh. Jason just smoked. Someone you. called me Jason Boy. I like that. Ike de here. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure how to say man. that, but uh <laughs> That's an R. Jason Boy. Jason Boy. He spelled it with an I. <laughs> Would you spell it with an I? Yeah. I, yeah, I like definitely. it. I like it. Jason Boy. There, there is like a country thing of that, like John Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Waltons. Like Anybody the that's here, from the American South, I uh it's not a good memory. It's not a good past. But uh, all right, let's cool. go ahead and go right, forward. So, with Jason, it. one minute on Bellator tournament. What are your thoughts starting now? I think it's the best thing uh, that really Bellator can do. I think this is their hallmark. I think this is their trademark. As uh, essentially, since Pride is left, and really Dream used to kind of do it, and Ryzen does do it to a lesser extent. But it's been kind of a chasm in the sport, and it used to be one of the most exciting things that you can possibly do. And I wouldn't say every Bellator tournament has gone the way you would want it to. Some of them, they last over a year, and you're like, oh, man, I was kind of hoping this would be done by now. (laughs) Um, But I think these are the best possible matchups. You know, of course, we've got Anthony Johnson versus Yoel Romero. That's the big one. I think I'm going to take Anthony Johnson on that. Um, we got Phil Davis versus Nemkov, Leo Machida versus Ryan Bader, and Corey Anderson versus, uh, I've never said his name before, so I'm not going to try it right now, Yashmir Muradov, whoever we've got there. But I think it's a great thing. I think it's a huge move for them. They're on Showtime now. I already have Showtime, thankfully. Really, really pumped about watching this. I think and it's excellent. Done. All right. Good job. Yeah, boy. Pizzi, we are throwing it Jason, to you. Jason, boy. You ready for your one minute on the Bellator tournament? <laughs> what did you just what did you Jason, do? what? <laughs> All right, Pizzi. One minute, same topic. You ready? Yeah, yeah, go All for right, it. One minute starting now. Um, yeah, I completely agree with Jay in terms of like this is their thing now. I have been more interested in Bellator tournaments than I have been single fight cards they've done. And I'm even talking the Masasi v. Lima fight, which was hugely hyped. I love the idea of the tournament. Just it's pure sport. The guy who wins most gets through. The guy who wins most gets all the marbles. Even in the featherweight situation now, we still have a lot of fights to look forward to. Pitbull's fighting Emmanuel Sanchez. And we all really want that Pitbull v. AJ McKee if it can happen in the final. And look, this this is another situation where they've put... I, I see, see some people being upset with the fact they've put Johnson v. Romero in the first round because these guys are, are two big boys. But uh, I think it's a great idea because I, I think Nemkov is the guy who's going to win this tournament. And if they're and putting Nemkov in the second round against the likes of Johnson v. Romero, it's going to be a huge star-making moment for him, regardless of the results. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. And uh, I think Nemkov's going to win it. Cool. Wow. That's the next question, actually. You're, you're ahead of the game. Oh. So we'll ask you. Now we'll just ask you why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Romero's going to win. <laughs> So yeah, so BT BT got a little ahead of the game, but that's okay. So the Sorry, second, no, no, you're gonna take this one. We're not even gonna go to the chat. We're just gonna give you this one because well, I think we know your answer. But, but yeah, so the second Kumite is who wins it, um, as in the Bellator tournament. So you kind of gave us some insight on that. So PT, you probably won't need a minute, but we'll let you start this one and we'll give you one minute on that topic. You ready? I'm picking Phil Davis. <laughs> Three, yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think the the best thing about this is the fact that they're going to be able to uh, really spotlight the talent they have. The one thing about Nemkov is 
nobody really knows a whole lot about him. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they have so many guys that the fan base are familiar with throughout this card is a huge deal for them in terms of getting their talent out and, and giving them some big names. I mean, we have Leota Machida in there. You have uh, Phil Davis, uh, Ryan Bader. Uh, Corey Anderson, so many guys that the, the MMA fan base are familiar with. So I think it's a big opportunity for someone like Nemkov, who's holding the title, to step up and really, really become a name within the sport, a name on the tip of everyone's tongue that follows the sport. So I think that's really, really good. And the fact that I believe he'll go through in that second round and fight Johnson seconds. or Romero is a huge moment for him, a huge moment for Bellator. If he gets through that, he's going to be into a whole new stratosphere in terms of his career, I believe. Nice. Excellent. Cool. All right, so Jason, we're just moving on. Same topic. Who do you think's going to win the Bellator tournament? What are your thoughts on it? You ready? I'm ready, sir. All right, one minute starting now. I've got Leota Machida. Um, no, that's that's mean. I, actually, I, I do think he has a decent chance here. I mean, uh, sometimes you uh, you see Leota just really pull it out, especially since he's been in Bellator. I would say he's a better version. There might be some reasons for that. I don't know. I don't want to say those out loud. But it would be interesting. The shape of the cage. The shape of the cage is what it is. <laughs> uh, Corey Anderson, uh, <clears throat> I think he's uh, he's probably a dark horse in this one. I think he can actually uh, make his way through a lot of these guys in this tournament. I mean, I want to see him versus Ryan Bader. I want to see that happen. Um, a lot of wrestlers in this tournament, Yoel obviously doesn't use his wrestling as much. And you're kind of getting my genuine reaction because despite me writing the questions, I haven't really came up with a definitive <laughs> one here. But for, for some reason, I'm going with Anthony Johnson. I know he's been on the shelf for a while, and maybe the hype has just got me behind him. But I just think that KO power is going to come out. He's already beaten Ryan Bader, who was the former champion. Can he beat Nemkov is the bigger question for me. I don't even think he can beat Romero. <laughs> You make that sound like a bad thing. I don't even think he can be Romero. <laughs> what is but, I mean, it's a long time off the shelf, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah, it, it's a long time for Anthony to come back. Um, what what weight division was he competing in last time? Was it heavyweight? Or it was, like was, heavy. he, was he at 204? It was, it was like light heavy, heavy yeah. Mm -hmm. I still think it's it's a long time off. And against, even though Yowl was competing at middleweight, like, I mean, it's it's a big step up to, to be coming back to fighting a guy who's fought in consecutive title fights really isn't it mm. absolutely yeah i think it's really interesting i want to get the the fans thoughts on this too so if you guys want to start sounding out on that uh we can kind of come back to that here in a second but um i'll make sure to have your comments kind of lined up so we can go through that once we get to the kumite but i definitely want to get everyone else's thoughts on that because i i really do feel like it's wide open i feel like anybody mm. in these brackets could potentially win it there's no reason why ryan bader actually can you pull that up on the uh, the youtube screen that way the audience can kind of see it too with this no oh that picture and obs yeah. Um, so Ryan Bader versus Leota Machida, obviously that's a great matchup. Corey Anderson versus, you know, <laughs> sure. McGov. I've honestly never said his <laughs> name out loud before. I, I'll admit my uh, casualness on, on that name, but I think it's a great matchup. Anthony Johnson versus Yo Romero. There's no reason why either of them can't win it. And then Nemkov versus Phil Davis. There's no reason why any of those, um, those pairings couldn't have a winner. And I think there's a lot of intrigue on this one. I really think it's a very competitive bracket. It's the best thing that Bellator could possibly be doing. So just to kind of uh, reiterate that, I'm not saying they're the best light heavyweights in the world. I'm not going as far as you know Scott Coker saying that Nimkov could beat everyone out there. He's already lost to Yuri Prohaska, who is a, a dark horse in the UFC for the, the light heavyweight title. But 
I think it's worth mentioning, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, everyone in the chat, start sounding off on that. How one. do you that guy's name, Jay? How do you even like? I mean, you've made a great attempt at the second name, but the first name <laughs> from me is giving me all types of trouble. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> anxiety is kicking. Dobletian, Yagshmuradov. Oh my god, that is God bless the commentators for that one. Good luck, Showtime. I think personally, the whole Russian, you know, kind of invasion, it's not worth it to say these names. It's not <laughs> worth it. It might be the best talent, you know, it might answer some, uh, you know, primordial questions about who are the best athletes on the planet, but come on. What are we doing? No, Michael Madoff, I can take him or leave him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once I learned his name, I softened on my stance about it a little bit, but I mean, honestly, I could have done without this whole thing. Um, Obviously joking, guys. Somebody is going to take us seriously. But um, yeah, oh, of course. all about it. I think it's a, a great bracket. It's the best thing Bellator could be doing. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Let's move it on to the, the next yep. Kumite, baby. All right. Baby. So, <clears throat> moving on, we'll come back to the thoughts on that. We got the third headline. Um, also, also in the chat, who should take this one? We kind of burned through the first two. So should Jason take this question or should Pizzi? Put your answers in the chat real quick while I kind of read up about it. So the uh, third headline for Kumite, we got the headline of Usman versus Burns. And then the kind of question within that is, what are your late impressions of this fight, and who do you think will win at this stage? Talking about, obviously, this upcoming weekend. So let's go to the chat. It's looking like looking like Jason. Oh, nope. We're it's some bullshit. No, nope, it's Jason it's again. some bullshit. It's sorry. back and oh, forth. Yeah. It's yeah. very competitive. Give it, Give it to Jay. No, I know. I know what's going on here. That's fine. That's fine. Um, PT, I just want to say, you know. Turncoats. Turncoats. The Luddies. I, I know sorry, you always take it a bit personally when people vote for me instead of you. And I, I kind of understand, you know. I, and I want to be here. I'm tracking IP addresses, man. I wanna, I'm tracking IP addresses. Hey, I just want to be here. And I want to be here for you and be understanding about it. But, you know, the truth is just no one likes you. <laughs> you know? And uh, buy, no, big deal, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. Let me bang, bro. I do let you bang. I do let you bang, bro. Uh, <laughs> one of the best right. moments in MMA history there. Um, all right, so. All right, one minute. Starting with you, Jason. Headline of Usman versus Burns this weekend. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, starting now. Yeah, so I'm actually writing um, a piece on uh, Gilbert Burns right now. We're doing a 10 interesting facts. We actually had like uh, Cautino, who runs our Brazilian version of our channel, did like an hour and a half long interview with them. And um, so for that reason, you know, I'll admit that, you know, there's a good reason to, to lay bias on me. But even before I did that interview, I've been predicting that he would win this fight. And I'm not saying it would be a landslide. I think it would be a close fight. I think it would be a grueling fight. They're you know, past training partners. But I think the thing that Gilbert Burns has is I do think he has better striking. Yes, Usman did break Colby's jaw. But, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's been doing karate since he's about six years old and Gilbert Burns and then picking up boxing. And he's a Mundials champ. I mean, he's just off the charts, insanely dangerous on the ground. I think he's a, a, a double threat in that sense and a way that I don't think that Usman is. And so for that reason, I think he's a threat everywhere, even if it goes to a decision. And maybe that's the safe bet I'll say. It'll be a five-round decision for Burns. Nice. Cool. All right. PT, we're coming to you. And actually, real quick, I have to apologize. I think the delay got me wrong on this one. I think you actually did win the vote. So <laughs> oh, my God. Take it all back. Did you slip him a check? You gave him some money I in the background? What'd you do? Did you <laughs> PayPal him? You, oh, you international? You warmed my heart. 
You won my heart. I always said that you're the best goddamn listeners in the world. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for this great honor. I mean, Jason's back, but meh. We need a Don't rewind feature to you. We need a rewind feature to you berating the audience. All of a sudden, like, you guys are great. You guys are great. I have to clip that one out. But Love those guys. I just <laughs> wanted, to, I wanted to make that apology right before I give you your minute, so we can kind of just go into this with a clean, clean start. So, all right, you got one minute. Topic: Usman versus Burns. You ready, Pizzi? Yeah, right. I'm gonna bring it. Starting now. This card has no hype, man. That is the thing. Nobody is talking about this. I usually have casual fans coming at me about fight cards, especially pay-per-views. I am hearing nothing about this. Um, it's no surprise to me that they were trying to finagle an L Michael Chandler v. Oliveira onto mm -hmm. this card because it's really lacking, and it's lacking more and more because Munoz and uh, Jimmy Rivera is off the card now as well. I'm personally looking forward to Rodolfo Vieira's fight. I think he's a masterclass on the ground. He's fighting earlier in the night. I'm looking forward to Brian Keller and Ricky Simone. Um, obviously, the main event is huge. I don't know if Jason has tainted me or something, but I do believe <laughs> that Gilbert Burns will get the job done too. Um, he's been telling me this for weeks, that he that he fancied Burns to get the job done. I don't agree that it will be it would be a decision if he wins. I think he needs to stop Ten Usman seconds. because the only way I see Usman winning this is putting that violent pace on him that we saw against Colby, the violent pace we saw against Tyron Woodley. It's just unlivable. So I think that's his way to, to win in this fight. Mm. Nice. Cool. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> Just remember this is a family show and we'll have no references to my taint anymore, okay? <laughs> I do what I want. I do what I want. Oh, this is America. <laughs> yeah, there are some decent fights on this card. Like Ricky Simone versus Brian Kelleher is another banger as well. Like that's on the early prelims. Um, mm. But yeah, so speaking of that, um, we actually, this next one, I think uh, yeah. it would be pretty pertinent as it relates to the card itself because we're talking about the co-main event on this one. Yeah, so I'm going to try to talk a little slower. So chat, who should take <laughs> on, this question? Please put Jason like or Pizzi into <laughs> the chat. I'm going to keep delaying so that I actually get an accurate count this time as we move on to the fourth headline. It's not that you guys are. I take an item of clothing off every time I get picked. Every time I get picked, an item of clothing comes off. Just remember that. All right, I know that's what you want. I know what my audience wants. So, Pizza or Jason, who should take it? We got the headline of Macy Barber, and kind of a little follow up on that. A year ago, Barber felt like a huge story being in the running for youngest UFC champion ever. After her surprise loss to Roxanne Modafferi and a year recovering her ACL. The hype feels cons considerably died down. The hype, yeah. And then, so what do you make of her story at this stage after all of that? So let's go to the chat. Ooh, actually, we got Come some on, votes this time, baby. Someone said Jason's taint, so, I mean, that's good. <laughs> someone said not <laughs> the accent. That is a vote for you. Dude, someone literally <laughs> said not the accent. That's amazing. <laughs> they might have said that, but I Because think I don't have an American accent. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, <laughs> we both have accents. Those don't count. <laughs> I love Actually, that American people think the only way to speak is with an American accent. It's hilarious to me. What is this guy doing with a he? different talk? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it's not right. It's it's wrong. It's not right. It's not American. So I actually do think PT won that. So Son I am gonna bitch. give this one to you, oh. and then we'll have to fight for the fight to the death for the fifth one. So yeah, that's it's one piece off. of clothing coming off. How, wait, wait, wait. How do you say that brand name? How do you say that brand name? Nike. See, you're saying it wrong. It's an American <laughs> brand. It's called Nike. Then no, Hike Nike. 
Hey, it's Makes like sense. it's like the way we say Adidas, although it's supposed to be Adidas. I guess is how it's supposed to be said because it's not an American oh, brand. We say Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, yeah, we say Adidas. Adidas. We, yeah, yeah you guys are wrong again. Come back next time for accent the, education. Sidewalk. Yeah. Sidewalk. Come on. What? What? What's wrong with you guys? Seriously. <laughs> sidewalk. Give it a word. Oh yeah. Give it a word. Let's just call it pavement. The name of anything that has been paved. The most generic thing. Path. My porch was it's paved. A path. Okay. Oh, path. Path. Okay. oh, you call it path. Okay. We're the, getting... the English call it. The English call it. Uh, we're, we're getting off favorite. the rails a little bit. I don't know what the English call it, Jay. Don't start that shit with me. <laughs> hey, there's only four million of you, okay? We'll swallow you. We'll swallow you. All right. Oh, let, let's move it on. Let's move it on. All right. So back on track. Pizzi, you did win this one. So we're going to give you your minute on Macy Barber and your thoughts. Do you need any more? Do you need me to read the, read the description again or you got it? No, I'm all good. I'm all, all good. Right. I'm actually not going to answer this question per se. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. Well, um, you got one minute starting now for your story. It's really interesting, right? Because I was at this event. I was covering it. The last fight she had, uh, Macy Barber at UFC. Was it Was it the Cerrone McGregor fight? And we were all in Las Vegas. And if you remember correctly, that, that card wasn't exactly stacked. And so one of the big things was everybody wanted to get a word with Macy Barber because mm. they thought she was this breakout star you know we have to queue up and it was one of the longest queues on the day mm. i think maybe anthony pettis had more people and then it was macy barber when the fight was happening i know you guys have probably seen it the acl injury uh roxanne had a fairy um puts a significant beating on her but i've never seen an energy in a media room like there was that night it was so shocking to everyone the whole media core were gathered around the TV, which is pretty rare because they're usually editing and stuff. Mm. Absolutely nobody could see this happening. And um, yeah, she has to rebuild now. And I think they've done the wrong thing by putting her in such a prominent spot. I think they should have let her rebuild on the undercard, to be honest. It's a lot of pressure for her. Cool. Nice. All right. Jason, starting throwing it to you. You ready for your minute? Yes. All right. One minute starting now on Macy Barber. Pizzi. You're wrong. Um, no, it's hard to disagree with that take. Um, I was there backstage, and you're, you're just wrong. Those are wrongful accounts. Uh, no, I think um, I, I do agree that being put into another pressure situation could be bad. I mean, it's the classic idiom, pressure makes diamonds, or it can make coal. You know, it can go one way or the other. I do think that she is the type of person who does thrive off pressure. I do get that vibe from her. I do think what happened in the first fight – she was losing already before her ACL tour. And so who knows? Maybe she could have come back. Um, who knows at what point it actually did tear. One of the most ridiculous calls. Uh, her ACL is partially torn. She's fine. She can continue. It's like, dude, that's a year-long injury. That's why we haven't seen her for about a year. I think she has an opportunity here. I do think she has a chance against Alexa Grasso. I would kind of pace her around the same, you know, kind of mid-tier. Alexa Grasso is popular, but... You know, she kind of has a mixed record in there. So I think it's a good matchup. I think it's a good highlight for her. I don't think it's a great co-main event. But, um, yeah, I, redemption is there, and no doubt about it, she has lost a lot of luster. So hopefully she can gain some of that back. Cool. Do you think it's one of those, Jay, where they have the blueprint now? Like, we often say that about, like, you know, an unbeaten fighter. Or do you think the ACL makes it a freak incident and you can't really say that about her it's hard like mm. like i mean she was dominating on the ground but i mean it's hard to get up when one of your legs doesn't work yeah and that's what it comes back to is like when did it actually happen i think is the 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 toughest thing but i think you could also argue roxanne 
forced that situation, you know, um, mm-hmm. by pulling or dragging her to the ground. And uh, someone might have a more cognizant memory on this one in the in the chat than I do. So if if, if anyone brings that up, kind of you know keep an eye out for that one. Uh, if they do remember the moment, if it was something, but I mean, still though, you know, people would do that all the time if they could. So <laughs> if people mm-hmm. could figure out a way, I don't think people necessarily want to injure you to, you know, it's like, it's a competition. They're not necessarily one to walk away, but there are too many killers out there to where we would see it happen all the time. Even if it's one out of 10 fighters that just want to end you, <laughs> they would do it all the time. So I think it's I think it's partial of both, but I do think she was losing before the ACL was torn, and I think that's the biggest reason for it. And she learned some fundamentals out there, like everyone has to at some point. Like somebody's going to bring a, a game, they're going to bring a style that you're not necessarily ready for, and I think that's what happened to her. And um, unfortunately, it got compounded by a freak injury as well. That's what I think. Mm. Good take, solid. Yeah, they should have picked you for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to the fifth and final uh, topic for the Kumite section. So Ooh. same thing, guys. This is the tiebreaker round. Who should take it, Jason or another PT? Another flip-flop will come off. Yeah, another, <laughs> another flip-flop will come off. So PT did say he's going to take clothes off. So who should take it in the chat, Jason or PT? And we got the headline of the greatest knee, question mark. So was Corey Sandhagen's flying knee finish over Edgar the greatest ever? Does it beat Masvidal versus Askren? So we're just kind of talking about that very impressive finish last weekend. So let's go to the chat. All right. Got a... Ooh, that's a lot for Jason already. Oh, oh. Yeah. a lot for... Yeah. I'm putting my flip-flop back on. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Jason just... Uh, <laughs> he literally walks... <laughs> just, Hey, look, off screen oh i was gonna say switch back yeah. to his frame but he's already back like uh, he literally walked away he's like i'm out of here i'm done disgusting people i've said it since day one you have no loyalty and you disgust me enjoy jason on this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> all right so jason you got one minute on the topic of the greatest knee tell us your thoughts starting now yeah, I mean, there are obviously some really great contenders out there. The Masvidal one, you know, is, is probably the one that everyone thinks of. And it's hard not to. They're such big stakes. It was such a huge fight. Askren was still technically undefeated despite, you know, the controversy with the Robbie Lawler fight. Um, one of your, uh, you know, compatriots, <laughs> that's not the right word at all, one of your ex-co-workers, uh, um, Casey Lydon, he really likes the Kid Yamamoto one, the Flying Knee Knockout, which is a great one as well. Who was that over? Um, Miata, who's, who that was over. Um, for me, the one about this one that stands out though, it's not like it was in the middle of a predictable double leg takedown. It was literally to the point where Masvidal was training it backstage. We have videos of him literally doing the exact same thing, leaning up against the cage and running all the way to the other side. Kid Yamamoto, I would kind of put in the same category. The difference here is they were just in the middle of a striking exchange and he's just like, boop. Out of nowhere, uh, just took advantage of a hole that he saw in a microsecond. And so for me, it maybe puts it above it. I can't say among the pantheon of fights for sure if it's definitively the best. There's probably one that's happened on the regional circuit in Kansas or in Russia that we've just never, ever seen before that, you know, uh, it's so obscure. But in terms of what I've seen in big-time MMA, I do have to put it up there as probably my favorite one uh, and also the most heartbreaking one as well because it's Edgar. But it just came out of nowhere in the middle of a striking exchange. It wasn't predictable. It was something that he read instantaneously. 
Um, and for me, that's that's a winner, at least on the big stage. All right. Beatsy, you got two and a half minutes for this answer since Jason <laughs> went over. What? I, uh, what? I thought it was a two-minute time limit. <laughs> that way... <laughs> You're supposed to restart the timer. That's the way we. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was my bad. I forgot. Sorry. So, all right, Pete, you got one minute. Finish us off strong. Greatest knee? Question mark. What are your thoughts starting now? I just can't believe you said finish us off strong before you made. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. what's that about? Ten yeah, and finishing off strong. <laughs> here, here, I'll restart your timer. That was my fault. Will you please oh, give us your intellectual thoughts on Finish the it off. greatest knee, starting now? I thought, yeah, I'm I, I'm in agreement with Jay in terms of like Jorge Masvidal. Um, he knew Ben Askren was going to come down and shoot at those legs straight away. He didn't want any part of him in the striking exchanges, and the fact that Frankie's bulldozing forward, throwing hooks, and somehow Sandhagen managed to sneak uh, such a spectacular technique in. Is absolutely outrageous. Um, in terms of knees, am I right in thinking that Jose Aldo had a fantastic knee finish of Cub Swanson back in the WEC days that was very quick as well? I think I'm remembering that, remembering that correctly. I'm not too sure. Um, but he didn't uh, finish yeah, him with I a knee. Oh, was it not? No. No, but um, Sandhagen's knee is beautiful. Um, I don't think it has the same resonance because it wasn't this huge build-up with a lot of hate on the line like Askren and, and Masvidal had. But uh, in terms of just as a martial arts technique, I think it's better. Uh, maybe not as... Um, it hasn't reverberated in the same way, we'll say, as Masvidal's, though. True, true. Yeah. Not as big a fight by any means. Yeah, the, um, the Cub Swanson one, he definitely... I mean, destroyed him with that. Um, but he ended up finishing it with ground and pound after that. So it was followed up with more strikes and he wasn't straight out KO'd from it. Um, so that was, he was still, it's still a great knee, right, Jay? Incredible. It's still a great knee. That's the question. Do you like knees? <laughs> yes, I do. That's my suggestion. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing that I really take away from that answer um, is that you said I agree with Jason. And I think that's the way to start off any answer. So, you can disagree with me on the end part of it, but you agreed with me on the beginning part of it. And I take pride in that sort of thing. You know what I mean? I think I need a t-shirt that says I agree with Jason. So I can just point at it to get that, that point out of the way before we start. Just right. I agree with take. Jason boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, Um, I asked the, the chat so we can switch it over to uh, just, yeah, you already have. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, um, Moving along to the chat, what they were kind of saying about the Bellator tournament, and then we can just, from here on out, it's just a free-form chat. We are bringing back Composer's Corner, but we're doing that more in an edited format. So just real quick, I do want to say that Lawton is going to start narrating these. So we worked on it all day wow, yesterday. going to be fun for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited Composer's about it, man. is a god, man. A god oh, of yeah. this whole game. There is nobody like him. He is... He is the patron saint of MMA, as far as I'm concerned. The man gives us nothing but gold. It's so cool that we we get to work with him, and I can't wait to see this new uh, product that you guys are going to put out because I know it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, he's a, he's a really um, smart, intelligent guy, like behind the scenes, just the way that he works and the way he puts everything together. 
Uh, really, really helpful, kind guy, and he knows everything that you would just never, ever know about. So it, when I'm trying to come up with a list, I'm literally asking that dude questions because I'm like, you saw 1,500 more fights than me this week, this week alone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we could do a four-hour live chat and just him talking about the greatest knees in MMA, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Was- yeah. <laughs> he's he's forgotten more insane like flying knee KOs than we've ever seen um <laughs> but yeah so uh on that note yeah so lawton would be doing that one and he kind of asked me he's like you know what i'm i'm tired of this casual moniker what do i gotta do to graduate to the moderate you've been teasing it and teasing it and teasing it for months and months and months i'm like dude you have to go into the depths you have to go to russia and you have to say these horrible horrible this is not how you spell names. This is not how you do it. Yeah, Russia, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't know you. if voicing these is going to uh, <laughs> help me get promoted to moderate. Everyone's going to be like, you are a fucking idiot and can't read. So we'll see. But I'm excited. I think it, I think it should be fun. Yeah, so, this week's Lord, was there's rough. No better, there's no better curve to go on than one with Kaposa. Like, I mean, that yeah. is the ultimate hardcore. There's no one more hardcore in the sport than Kaposa. So, I mean... Yeah. That is a baptism of fire, my friend. Hey, real quick while we're talking so we don't miss it, we got a, we got a surprise guest in the chat right now, with uh, Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, it what is, is it up, is, my man? It is the official one. We had this a few weeks ago. We thought it was an imposter, but it is not, and that is the one. What's up, buddy? Dude, welcome Michael, back we to Nashville. we could have done with you this weekend, mate. We could have done with you this weekend. That card's looking a bit light in the ass. Would have liked you to be on that card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were literally just talking about how light this card is and uh, about how you guys were supposed to fight, potentially. I know you haven't confirmed it against uh, Oliveira, but man, would that have been a banger. He just, um, just called Confirm it's out, Oliveira. Jason. Confirm it's Oliveira well, he, in the chapel. He said, Jason's afraid to let me call in, so. <laughs> oh. Ooh. How how would we how would how he would also we... said uh, answer your texts? Oh, did he text me? Have you been, oh. have you been ignoring Chandler? <laughs> Chandler is just so needy, you know. He's always reaching out to me. <laughs> now, if anything, it's the other way around, where I'm just like, "Can we please hang up?" Um, yeah, uh, man, I wish we could have him call. In. We don't have a sophisticated way. Are you wanting to call in? Like, we can figure this out. We could do it. I was like, we could do something. Just hold your phone up to the the microphone. Yeah, I mean, we could we could pull up Skype. We could do it if you he want to, man. We could we could make it work if you're serious. He could we'll just audio call Discord. If I can right? change, what's my take? Setting up some stuff. Oh, yeah. Discord. Yeah, he probably doesn't know how to use Discord. Most people, Discord is so obscure. You know, it's like I didn't know how to use it before we started using it all in the chats. You know, um, so yeah, let us know, channel. We we will bring you on. We'll we'll we'll, we'll confirm take you up with Oliver, please. Confirm it was Oliver. Thank confirm. you. <laughs> <laughs> Give us top secret info now, stat. That's what we want. What way would you have finished the opponent if you had have uh, hypothetically been fighting him this weekend and it was Charles Oliveira? Hypothetically. Chat us. Hypothetically, allegedly. Um. Well, real quick. While we're... It was Charles. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while we are waiting for that, I do want to give a chance to respond to some of these comments here. Um. <laughs> So somebody said Nate the Train is back on February 20th. Shout out to somebody else who lives here. Nate the Train, he lives in Clarksville. Um, yeah, so shout out to Nate the Train. Um, people were talking about the tournament. Yoel has heart. Sadly, Anthony gives up in fights. Ooh, so that's... We were asking people what they thought about the Bellator tournament. Nemkov or Johnson says El Laliot. That's who he's got to win that one. Rumble being out of uh, competition so long will be a detriment to him, uh, in my opinion. I mean, there's... 
There's some good information to go along with that. That's a fairly substantiated opinion. I have Bader. Is he still selling weed? Vita. That's a good question. <laughs> I thought I thought he was supposed to work for like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Remember when those were the yeah. rumors, and and then it was yeah. like, oh, he's selling weed. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, everyone was so excited. It's like, dude, he's leaving MMA. Do you say he wants to? Just call him. I'll just put him on my mic. Put him on your mic. Way PT can hear him and chat can hear him. Oh, dude, he literally texted me. So real quick, I just want to read this before I hand you the phone. Can I call in or are you scared? Holy shit. There you go. We're apparently scared. (laughs) We could... um, uh, Well, yeah, we don't have a good way of uh, capturing that audio. So, yeah, it would literally just have to be over the phone through that mic. We're calling it Michael Chandler right now, people. Oh. You can hear us back on his speaker. Chandler, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hey, mute, uh, mute your computer real quick. Yeah, what's up? Live. Woo. Are you in the chat with us right now? In the chat? On YouTube? No. Are you lying? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, <laughs> we... Yes. You know I gotta. You know I gotta tune into the the greatest live show on YouTube. Oh, give it up, love it. Well, um, what's on? So your... was it Charles Oliveira or what? Yeah. So you might have to communicate. You might have to be a conduit through us. What's on your mind, Michael Chandler? What you got? You got. You gonna tell us who your next fight is? I really, I really just wanted to hijack your show. I was looking at all, all three of y'all's beautiful face, beautiful smiles. <laughs> Getting after it, talking about MMA, and just, uh, I was on my computer, it said live, and I was like, gotta hop on. I always do. Dude, I love it. Well, um, here's a tough question. You might, you might, you might, uh, not want to answer this question because you train with both men. Usman versus Burns this weekend. Samford MMA. Of course, Usman is not at Samford MMA anymore, but care to give any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough because obviously my heart is conflicted because I, uh, you know, as a as a friend, as a, as a guy, like I'm, I'm friends with both of them, obviously, but it's it's no secret. Kamaru Usman is my friend, but Gilbert Burns is my teammate. So when I think about uh, loyalty to a teammate, I, I lean towards Burns. Um, but also when I think about friends, I lean towards both of them 50-50. But from a straight skill set, man, I can't – you couldn't have a, a more of a pick em fight when it comes to – Kamaru's got a little bit sharper striking, but I think the power the power is in Gilbert's hands. Uh, the power advantage is in Gilbert's hands. When it comes to the obvious wrestling advantage, but also the obvious grappling advantage, both of them have either of those. So I think this fight is really going to be won, and lo- won or lost between the ears. Which guy wants it more? I, I remember it, it pained me. It, it hurt my feelings a little bit when I heard Kamaru said, that Gilbert doesn't have what it takes to be a champion, you know, and I don't know if that's just gamesmanship, if that's just him trying to get inside Gilbert's head, but it will be revealed on Saturday night. Does Gilbert Burns have what it takes inside of his mind, between his ears, in his, in his heart of hearts? Does he believe that he can not just beat Kamar Usman, but does he deserve to be the UFC champion? Um, I believe he believes that in his mind. I believe Kamara believes that in in his own mind. So I think, uh, I think on, on Saturday night, you're going to see, uh, Two awesome, 
two awesome athletes getting after it, um, and we all get to watch live on pay-per-view. Wow. Michael, can I ask you a question? Oh, um, yeah. I'm can wondering... you relate, Tim? I don't yes. think he can hear, PT. Won... <clears throat> okay. I'm just, I'm just wondering if Michael saw Nate Diaz's interview um, with Ariel Hawani, and I'm wondering if he can make any sense of the fact that he doesn't want to fight at 155, yet he's calling out two of the top title contenders at 155 to fight at 170. Um, does that make any sense to you? Oh, okay. Do you see this guy in the title picture at all anymore? Yeah, so real quickly, I'll just recap what PT said because it's difficult for you to hear him. Um, but So what he wanted to know is Nate Diaz basically just did this whole big, long interview with Ariel Wani. He just called out all the top contenders at 155 to a fight at 170 instead of 155. What do you make of the, the situation there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's just Diaz being Diaz. Um, I don't know. I don't think we really know what Diaz is, is doing these days. You know, I think he, uh, you know, he hasn't fought in a while. He he knows he's kind of a money draw. He's kind of a guy that that uh, that people are going to tune in to fight for the next fifteen years if he wants to. Uh, and I thought it was funny. He's like, ah, I don't really know much about Chandler. He's just uh, goofy. <laughs> you know, so he likes, like, uh, he likes it. Him. He called me goofy. So I don't know if those are fighting words or if that's just uh, you know it, it is what it is, man. You know you got whether you love him or hate him, you got to respect Nate Nate Diaz for what he's doing at all times. Um, so it's uh you know it's all good. We'll, we'll see what he does. All I know is uh, you know we would all love to have a fight at 170 instead of 155. Nobody wants to cut the weight, but I will do it for that championship. So let's go. Will will he be annoyed if they make the Poirier and McGregor fight? I saw a lot of the 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 guys in the title conversation, like he is, um, would be very upset if they made that a title fight, given that we've already seen the result and it was clearly Poirier. Yeah. So PT wants to know your thoughts. This is this is top of the uh, line technology here, folks. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what do you make of them talking about Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor? And there's even rumors that that could be for the title. What is your take on that situation there? You know, I, uh, you know, I, I just look at it from an objective standpoint. Listen, Dustin Poirier has earned his stripes in this organization. He's earned his stripes. He's Absolutely. earned his stripes in this industry. If he wants to, if he wants to take the money fight instead of the the belt, the type, the title fight, that's completely fine. Um, although I think it's somewhat ill-advised because I think the, the, the best way to maximize the amount of capital that you can create in this industry, make the most amount of money, is to be holding the belt and then fight Conor McGregor, then fight Khabib, then fight Diaz. Um, so I don't really agree with the business side of things. I get, you know, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. You might as well go make a good money right now. But the great money comes when you're holding the title, then you fight Conor McGregor, not fighting McGregor when there's a title not on the line, because I do believe there won't be a title on the line. And even if there is a title on the line, he won't be holding that title. Therefore he won't be getting pay-per-view buys. That's a disgrace, man. Wow. Uh, well, so I have to ask you this because <laughs> you're, you're handling all these questions so well. You're such an actually genuinely like good person, Quality. such an actually genuinely nice person who can kill people with his bare hands. <laughs> who does Michael Chandler hate? That's the question I want to know. Who does Michael Chandler just like, ooh, ooh. You don't even have to say the words about it, but who is Michael Chandler just like, oh, yeah, I'll wring that person's neck on the spot. Who, who do I hate? Yeah, who do, you, who do you want to fight right now? Just like you see him on the street, like we're going at it. It's happening. I got I, I to gotta tell you, man, I, I, don't, 
I don't hate anybody, but I'll hit you with a little bit of philosophy. Similar, mm. similar to uh, similar to Matthew McConaughey's Golden Globes or Academy Awards speech a couple of years ago when he talked about who's your hero. He always talks about my hero is that guy ten years from now. It's, it's me in ten years. That's mm. my hero. And then once I get there, that guy's my hero. To me, the guy that I hate is the Michael Chandler from my past. The guy who played small. The guy who was afraid to win. The guy who sabotaged himself. The guy who didn't believe in God's best for his life. That's the guy that I hate. And I'm trying to run as far away from him as I possibly can. And I've realized that that Michael Chandler, I'll never be able to beat down. I'll never be able to, I'll be able, I'll never be able to conquer him. I'll just get it. I just get good at duct taping him to the basement of my mind so that he never rears his head. That's the only guy that I hate. That's the Michael Chandler who plays small. Um, so I don't, I don't hate anybody here on earth. Um, I got some guys that I've lost fights to. I have made amends in my mind to them. I sleep, I sleep fine at night knowing that. Um, so that's the only, that's the only guy that the Michael Chandler who plays small. So, um, this being the internet and this being YouTube, we're going to go with a clickbait headline that we're going to change this all to Michael Chandler hates himself. Is that all right with you? (laughs) (laughs) exactly what i just said i think it's going to resonate with people people love it love it better do better do better and be better believe the best about yourself because if you don't you're going to regret it for the rest of your life amazing well in playing to that um oh can you just tell a question hang on no it's not really a question i think i just heard him speak about this and i think it's brilliant and i I really may believe it we talked about this for a while jay about a new king rising at lightweight and that being the guy that brings Habib back. And after his debut, man, I am singing off the same hymn sheet. I think that mm-hmm. is the way it could happen. And uh, looking like he did in his debut, I'd be a fool to back against him. Yeah, so uh, PT just wanted to extend a compliment. After your debut and talking about being a, a person that could bring back Habib, he's singing your praises. The, to use his word, singing off your hymn sheet. So he's <laughs> he's he's got his uh, hymnal out. He's singing, literally. Uh So, uh, yeah, much credit there. And I think before we let you go, I don't want to take too much of your time. I think it's amazing that you've actually just called in like this. It's so, so cool. I do want to ask, though, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, if you had to guess, when do you think you will be back? Because everybody after that incredibly explosive debut, the one that PT just outlines, we want to see you back. When will we see you back? And if you had to guess, narrowing it down to the top two opponents, who would you say? When and who? Um, obviously I'm just speculating at this point, but you know, I, I said yes to the, I said yes to a fight this weekend for February 13th. Um, cause I was Charles. willing, ready and able to, able to, to, to step in that cage because I was, uh, cause I was, uh, in shape. Now I will need to go back into a training camp, a full training camp. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to fight again until the summertime somewhere around, you know, I don't know, probably May, May ish. Um, and you know, I do think the way it's trending, it looks like Connor and Poirier are going to fight. Um, so with that being said, obviously it's just me, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. So one of us, the two of us three are going to step inside that, that octagon sometime this summer around that same time as Connor and Poirier. And then I think you're going to see the UFC gold around my waist by the fall or winter of 2021. You heard it here first on MMA on point. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Is Ric Flair going to be there? Is Ric Flair going to be there? (laughs) He's going to walk you out. I shouldn't have spilled the beans about Ric Flair, okay? No, me and Ric Flair, me and Ric Flair have broken up. We have broken up our friendship. We're not friends anymore. Uh, we aren't talking daily. He hasn't become my personal mentor. Uh, he, you know, he hasn't moved in. He hasn't moved into the guest house um, here <laughs> yes. in Nashville. So no, I don't have any access to Ric Flair. 
Oh man, <laughs> we we were waiting for that one. Well, um, I'll give you his phone. Hey, uh, PT said he's got his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't already talked to him. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess if there's anything else you want to say, uh, the floor is yours. But otherwise, man, we can uh, we can let you go. I got nothing, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, this is the best uh, just YouTube channel and live show on the Internet. So I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate the I appreciate the analytical side of it, the fan side of it. Uh, and the entertainment side of it, and also just the heart and the spirit that you guys bring to the sport. So I appreciate you guys, and I will see you at the top. Awesome. Legend. Appreciate Legend. you, Michael. Thank, Thank you so much for calling in. I'm still not convinced that you're the real Michael Chandler. The jury's out on it. We'll, fi- <laughs> we'll figure that one out. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. See you at the top. See you going. Sweet. May as well just stop the show now. Yeah. What, what, t- like, how are we going to top that? <laughs> let me let me see if there's anyone else in my phone I can call real quick. Um, Will I ring Artem Laboff? <laughs> <laughs> just start going through. Um, I know there's this really uh, attractive girl that I used to know in high school. Let's see what she's up to. Um, yeah, so massive shout out to Michael Chandler for calling in. That was super cool. The chat is going off. That was amazing, says Howard Tran. Basically bacon. That was epic. Be safe, says Moot Boy. Um, that was amazing. We appreciate you, Michael. Love you. Get Artem, <laughs> says Faith Rocks. <laughs> so that, yeah, dude, that's, um, I, I think that's a pretty big moment for the chat to have uh, a top contender, top five guy on the cusp of, you know, getting a title shot. He's called it himself. He's calling his shot as being the champion uh, somewhere around the fall uh, and fighting back again in May. Dude, just so cool. S- such amazing stuff. So, uh, again, big appreciations there. So I guess let's go off that that kind of topic there. What do you make of all this nonsense going on? At, so that's how I would describe it. I don't want to see Chandler, or not Chandler. I don't want to see Poirier versus Connor three. He just got knocked out. I don't want to see that. I'm not interested in Nate Diaz yanking everybody up to get 165 or 170. Uh, what do you make of this situation right now, PT? I, I listened to Nate Diaz interview and obviously I'm, very compelled by Nate Diaz, but I, I feel like he's like a stand-up comedian. Like, you know when a stand-up comedian says a premise at the start where you absolutely can't agree with, and then somehow warms you to the idea. I don't know how Nate Diaz manages <laughs> to do it, but as he's talking, you're always like, yeah, 170 makes perfect sense. Justin Poirier, why not? Why not? But um, mm. no, of course not. I don't want to see either of those fights. We all wanted to see Poirier v. Oliveira, and then I thought it was the perfect time to do McGregor v. Diaz. Um, as I said weeks ago, um, you know, McGregor's camp were so firm on, on Poirier and it was definitely going to happen. But I think the real thing is about keeping the rest of the 55ers happy here for the UFC because they have a very, it's a de- delicate situation. Like, I mean, what does it say about the title if you wouldn't put it on the line in the first mm. fight? Habib, Habib's mind never really changed. They kept on telling us it did, but it never really changed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and now they're going to do it with, with Connor coming off a loss. Um, he's, he's now... Is he has he won a fifty five in the yeah against Alvarez? So he's one and two at lightweight, and he's gonna fight for the title. We already saw a convincing answer to that. Mm. Um, I think they've. I think Chandler's right. Like they've, if they're gonna make Dustin and Connor three, that's fine. But I think they're gonna ruffle a lot of feathers if they put the title on the line. Like Gaethje was talking about retiring if they put the title on the line. It's just really messing with the meritocracy of this sport. And um, I know that's not paramount to the UFC's. Um, grand vision but i do feel it's important and you know i, I think that's a conundrum i, I think Poirier mcgregor happens but i i don't think the belt should be on the line but i i could yeah. un- like 
from the UFC's point of view, I think they'll probably do it. Yeah, it's such a weird thing, uh, kind of the state of, you know, 2021 MMA. I mean, it, it, to be fair, though, you know, we I've kind of talked about this in the past. It's been a while since I brought it up. But if you really think about it, it was kind of always in there. You know, Tank Abbott, yes, it was last-minute replacement, but he fought Marie Smith for the title after he beat Mark Coleman. Tank Abbott had no business being in there, according to his record. And uh, we had, uh, what was it, off of a 2 and one record? Brock Lesnar fighting for the UFC heavyweight title. You know, um, it's been a part of the UFC's past, literally as far back as you can go. Uh, so it's not necessarily new. It just feels more ramped up would be the word I would kind of describe it as. And I understand Conor McGregor's a pay-per-view draw and you're wanting to strike. I mean, Con uh, Scott Coker literally said this yesterday about putting together Anthony Johnson and Romero to bring it back to that for a second. He was like, Yes, I understand that people kind of want to save this matchup and they don't want to spoil it. But the problem is anybody can lose at any time. We've seen Mirko Kokop get head kicked himself by Gonzaga. Anytime you hold off a matchup, it can kind of go away. So I do understand it from that slight perspective. Strike while the iron's hot, but don't put the title around it. Call it what it is. It's a fun fight to try to make some cash. And in the meantime, don't hold up the rest of your entire division to, to do it, you know, so let's get Justin Gaethje in there against Chandler. Let's get Dubronx in there. Let's get some of the top guys who have earned their spot and let's treat this like a real sport. Uh, and yes, we'll acknowledge the entertainment by letting that fight happen. Even though I, I would say most of us hardcore fans are not that entertained by the concept of it. We would much rather see a different fight. I would much rather see Nate Diaz. I mean, talking about Nate Diaz, I would much rather see him versus Connor three. I would much rather oh, see Poirier versus Obviously. Chandler Ferguson. Uh, well, Ferguson would have been a part of that, but I would much rather see him against Gaethje, Dubronx, any of those guys. And it's just, it's for me, it's just like, why do I watch this sport at the end of the day? I want to know who the best is. That's what I want to know. Like that's the whole origination of the whole sport was let's get karate, taekwondo, sumo, <laughs> Let's get all these dudes together and let's see who wins. One gloved boxer, you know, we had the six foot four Dutch asshole. He is Dutch, right? <laughs> Gerard Gordel. I'm, I'm calling him an asshole because he blinded somebody in another fight. That's the whole point of MMA from the beginning. And I think that's the most intriguing part. You know, that's why I find it more interesting than bare knuckle boxing. That's why I find it more interesting than boxing. What, what are you saying at the end of the day? This is the best fighter at that weight on the planet, ideally. That's what you're trying to answer. You know, there's no way definitively ever doing that. Everybody has bad nights. But that's what you're trying to do. And when you're putting together these fights that are just for money, just for, you know, trying to get that that short-term gain on fight night, I think it's a disservice to the sport. I really do think it is. It's it's going to be interesting. Like, what do they do with Chandler? Like, if... if... If Poirier and McGregor fighting, like Gaethje's trying to act like, oh, you know, Chandler hasn't earned it, which I think we all think he has with the debut. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to leave someone, like the odd man out, right? Because I think Charles Oliveira's definitely in the, without a question, he's in the shuffle. Chandler's in the shuffle. Gaethje's in the shuffle. Like, someone has to be left out of that equation, you know? And I yeah. think that's, that's a rough, rough part of this all. Like, uh, who would, like, I mean, I, I really can't wait to see Chandler back in there. I'm not I'm not saying that because of the, the phone call. I mean, his debut was so great. He hasn't put a foot wrong in his media since then. 
like that was that was magic though ringing in the show out of nowhere as well but i mean i feel like there's so much momentum behind them and if you don't give him either gaethje or Oliveira and Poirier's fighting mcgregor what happens there you know yeah i guess to answer your question that is a really tough one you know who ideally so yeah let's let's play that game everyone in the chat you know, kind of voice out what you think, and some are ER. Triggered Wizard well, says get, Chandler like, versus Oliveira. Like, I know Tony Ferguson's there. I know Benil Dariush is probably there after his win over Diego Ferreira. Oh, yeah. It isn't the same as Gaethje or Oliveira, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, It isn't. The the uh, argument against Justin Gaethje being in the title fight would obviously be that he's coming off a loss, and by his own admission, he feels he needs another win. And that's also what makes, you know, Gaethje so endearing. The fact that he would say that a lot of people would just kind of think about themselves in that situation and say, oh, well, this would be good for me. So I'm going to vie for the title shot. And it, it makes sense, too. You know, everyone's trying to make the biggest buck they can while they're in the sport. But I tend to kind of agree with that premise um, that it should be somebody that is coming off of a win record. And ideally, it would be Poirier but, but versus the Bronx or, or Chandler. If they do Poirier v. McGregor. Like if they, they do, do that, it for sure. the time, yeah, yeah. what what do you what do you do? Like, oh, what do you do what, next? Do you... What are the next steps? Like I think Oliveira doesn't have, like he has to take the next fight they offer him. I yeah. think he's in that situation now. Like not that I agree with the UFC's policy there, I don't. But we've seen this so many times where you know they say jump, you say how high, and mm-hmm. he's now turned down. As we we think he's turned down two fights in a row, yeah. one with Dan Hooker, yeah. one with Michael Chandler. So how does that situation play out? You know, if the title is on the line against for Poirier and McGregor three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in one way or another, they got to move the division along. And I mean, the, the one that screams to me is the Oliver versus Chandler when they've already tried to make it. So that's already in the UFC's plans. The fans are now it. salivating for it because we were teased from it. And whether or not the reports are true, we feel like it's true. <laughs> you know, like we might as well, I mean, we're talking about it. We're talking about it as if it is true because it was so rampantly um, discussed I mean, it's where there's smoke, there's fire. I think in this case, that's probably what it was. And so everybody wants to see that fight. And I say that's probably, at the very minimum, let's make that the number one contender fight. I would be just as happy to see Justin Gaethje insert into that equation, you know, despite, you know, him coming off a loss. I think you could put him on either side of that, you know, red or blue corner um, uh, equation there. But yeah, let's get the division moved along already. Um Moving it uh, on uh, in in terms of the chat, we do have a bunch of uh, super chats to get along with here, Ooh. and we got a bunch of chats just generally uh, that I want to get to among the uh, general population in the chat. So Sleepy Swords, good to see you back. Sleepy Swords gives us five dollars. MVP versus Cyborg. Oh geez. So yeah, that's a great one for Flying Knee. So that those going back to the oh, yeah. topic. Yeah. Oh, come on. You, yeah. Fair enough. You talked about questioning the sport and being a fan of the sport with the Edgar versus Sandhagen one. That MVP one, it's like, dude, if that was happening all the time where people are literally getting their their skulls caved in. Yeah, I might I might not watch the sport um as fervently. <laughs> I might just be like, ooh, but like I don't want to throw up tonight. Well. I don't want to throw up tonight. Yes, the Pokemon. It's the Pokemon, the 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 pose afterwards that really puts the icing on the cake. And that when you're like, have has he not? Oof. Has he not been through enough tonight, mate? Has he not? <laughs> you know, was, you just had you to could boil an too. egg in his forehead. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, that's probably one of the most disrespectful. Like, I mean, he didn't. It, to be in fairness, he didn't necessarily know, but I don't think he cared either that he had caved in his skull like that. Um, but 
Jesus. He was dead. He, like, he could have been dead, like, for all we knew that night. Like, I mean, he was fucked. Dude. Like, that, that, that um, x-ray is... Oh. That will stick Can with you me pull for that the rest up? of my life. Can you pull that up? Uh, so, pull up MVP versus Cyborg x-ray. And uh, just for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's it's one of those, like, seminal moments in MMA that yeah. everybody has to see that one. And, uh, yeah, so let's get... Let's get one. Uh, so the the middle one down to yeah, there it is. Because you can actually literally see it on him. And then yeah, let's show that to the chat there. Because what you literally see is you see the indentation on his skull. But it's it's kind of like the tip of the iceberg analogy that everyone makes that like the real situation is happening underneath the surface. So it looks horrible yeah. on the surface. But then you look underneath and you just see all those like those fractures just. It's just uh, unbelievable. Can you imagine your job? <laughs> I mean, imagine like a bad day at work, you know? Uh, imagine like somebody comes in, you know, like it reminds me of working at Target, you know, it was like a snow day and the place is packed because everyone called out of work because of the snow day. And then everyone shows up uh, because they, they don't have to work either. So you're busy and you're just like, oh crap. That's a mundane circumstance that people think of at, at a job where it sucks. Imagine being the doctor. It's like, oh my God, oh. I could kill a man right now just trying to save his life. <laughs> you know, like Dude, I have to put this guy's brain me. together, essentially. Knee to the skull and the fucking knee wins. Ooh. That's mental. Ooh. Like the skull is like the one of the densest yeah. part of your, your, yeah. your skeleton. And his knee just fucking, imagine what that sounds like if you're cyborg. Ooh. Just, oh unreal man so great shout out to sleepy swords um yeah, yeah you, you definitely have to put one. that up there you definitely have to put that up there as the greatest uh one of the greatest flying knees ever um johnny smith uh says uh with a dollar 99 super chat if ufc had a grand prix which weight should it be at well i mean bantamweight Ooh, weight. we actually did make a, a graphic for that the other day if you guys want some inspiration um Bantam well it would be lightweight now right lightweight would be the one everyone would pick now on it I think the the problem with lightweight is I feel like that one's a little bit more clear. There may be um, two or three matchups, but we don't necessarily have like an even setting there because, you know, obviously Ferguson's coming off a loss. Hooker's coming off of a loss. Uh, Gaethje, we could still insert there, but he's also coming off of a loss. Um, Connor's coming off of a loss. <laughs> and, you know, ideally we would break apart that matchup and put you know, uh, Poirier in there in some way, and maybe even Connor in some way. But I do think Bantamweight is a really great case to make there because Bantamweight is like, I think it's going through its renaissance period where there are so many new prospects that are just coming alive in that division. 145 is there too. It's just insane how big it is. People are saying open weight. Dude, could you imagine an open weight tournament under the unified rules? Like, oh my God. I would love that though. I would love that. I mean, we've been talking about John Jones, you know, moving up to heavyweight. We could have that. We could have Israel Adesanya if he wanted to do it. I mean, Vanderlei Silva Volkov was fighting v. crazy dudes in pride, you know. Volkov. We could do Volkov v. Askar Askarov. Ooh. For the pride of Russia. Bring back Cejudo. He's been talking about fighting Volkanovsky for, you know, the day after he retired, essentially. Retired. Yeah, do you think quote. he's getting worried about that suggestion now? Do you think he's sitting at home like, just looking at his phone going, ooh. I thought it would have happened by now. <laughs> I thought they would have paid me. No I'm kind of getting out of shape here. Um, 
yeah, I think an open way, if we could figure that one out, like if uh, they could get past the, you know, the commissions on that one and just do a series of catch weights. Yeah, I really do think they are pesky. It's like move it to an independent board or like I know that if somebody is more on the conservative side of things, they hate the idea of a, a federal one run. But like, here's my argument here. I don't think it's smaller government if you have to jump through 50 fucking hoops. Like, the unified rules are not unified rules. There's the new unified rules. There's the even more updated version of the new unified rules only in Vegas right now because they're the only one putting on fights. Like, they updated the rules for replays and all this stuff. Like, they're probably... I could be wrong about this, but I think there are four different versions of the unified rules throughout the United States right now. And it's at, to the point where they have to introduce it before almost every fight because no one knows what the rules are anymore. They have to do it before the prelims, the the early prelims, the main card, the main event. They have to do it multiple times throughout an event just to clue people in because it's so hard to keep track of. That's bigger government. That There's no way to say Ridiculous. that going through 50... <laughs> like It's just insane. We need... a. Yeah, for the people that don't like the idea of a federal one, then let's privatize it. One way or another, let's get past this nonsense. It, it's ridiculous. It's it's too much red tape, and they're incompetent. They don't move quickly enough. Let's move it on to one deciding body that can get shit done. That's what we need to do. It, it doesn't make it easily consumable, right, Jay? Like, I mean, there's no, like, people don't tune into an NFL game, and they're like, okay, today we're using this set of rules like it's just <laughs> can you, know you imagine I mean? it, that just... that's exactly what it's like though that's a great analogy yeah. well i mean we need this to be more consumable this still yeah. isn't a bona fide mainstream sport yeah and things like that are big obstacles to it to becoming one as far as i'm concerned yeah i think um and that's a good point to bring up i would say like here in tennessee i wouldn't consider it a bona fide mainstream sport they're 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 mainstream moments you know of course everybody will watch the big fights you know like i think yeah. you know people were having house parties for the last connor fight covid um so there's all that going on uh but i would definitely say it's like you know as somebody who has a fairly big following i never get recognized in tennessee even though i live here but when i went to houston i probably had 50 people come up to me you know just saying hey are you jason from my man points really cool to see you here that was for 248 never had that happen here i think i had a fedex guy one time recognize me but it it's it's the smallest uh probably measurement stick you could ever go by because you know i'm not by any means famous but just the idea that if i mean even if you look at our own metrics how many people were watching out of here i think it's still largely west coast american sport who that's gained a ton in places like texas that's an outlier and i think it's huge um in you know, like the New York area. I think it's huge in some East Coast parts, but it's still like the greater Midwest. It's not nearly as big. I mean, we had guys like Chris Lytle fighting out of Indianapolis. We had some really decently big names, but I mean, I remember I used to work downtown Indianapolis and there was the American top team gym literally right across from my office building where I worked. And um, after Chris Lytle retired, that gym closed down within a month. You know, it tells you where the state of the sport is, especially if you don't have stars in that region. And it's really, I, I would really say it's, it's really spread out, especially here in America. So you, you make up a, a good point to say, even in America, where I would say it's made more headway than probably anywhere else in the world yeah. outside of Japan in a day and outside of maybe Russia, where um, I have talked to people that say it's the number one sport there. And I could be wrong on that, but. Um, That's their ban from everything else. 
<laughs> the whole Olympics, dude. The whole Olympics. Sochi Olympics, uh, anyone? Icarus, baby. Icarus. I'm huge in Missouri. Oh, my God. Is that a good documentary? You're huge in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I'm in Missouri, it's like, oh, my God, it's him. And I'm like, what's the story? Yeah, oh, fuck. It's him. <laughs> um, anyhow, moving on, we're, we're uh, going on some really great tangents here. I think that they're fun topics. Chandler just showed how to get fans, says Roger P499 Super Chat. Connor deserves fans, yep. but after two consecutive 155 finish losses a title cannot be on the line Finish for losses, dude. that's right man that's right yeah he got choked uh you know i mean it's a, a lot of people have criticized um him tapping out and t- to be fair poria did not tap out when it was over the chin but with somebody like that kind of gorilla grip if anybody's been in any kind of chin lock ever it hurts like hell you just have to be the toughest motherfucker and i i get it that we're in the toughest sport where you're, you the grit is supposed to be there but if Habib, the guy who's wrestling bear since a kid, has his arm over your chin, I'm not going to blame any soul on the planet for tapping to that. And sometimes, sometimes it can be so tight it feels like your chin is driving into your throat as well. Like you know, if, if people have He's that face because like they're they're pushing your chin into your into your neck, so it is actually affecting your your breathing. Hmm. Um, the old face bar they used to call that just there. Don't cross the face. Yeah, Dude. that's the type of white belts usually. But I do, I do think there is situations where your chin can nearly fucking go into your throat. A couple and, and guys have had, kind of, uh, like, a couple guys have had their um, their chins literally, their jaws literally broken in that. I can't remember who who did Sirkinov do that against. Sirkinov literally, I mean, it was uh, it was already broken before that. But Sirkinov, uh, he knew that he was aware of that. And uh, let me see if I can't find that one. Uh, Misha Sirkinov, oh, Jesus Christ, I that's looking under me. Uh, not doing shit. Uh, ain't doing nothing to that. Um, but he he literally broke somebody's jaw on that. But uh, you know, I'm trying to give people credit because you know, obviously, um, I'm there's a lot of reasons to be upset with what's going on with the title picture at 155. Trying to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but Connor should clearly be the champion. I know. And Alex we just Nicholson. Need to keep That's who it was. Letting him fight until he becomes the champion. That's. I think we're all on the same page here. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh, it was Alex Nicholson, though. Neck cranked him. Uh, literally, uh, he might have. I don't know if he necessarily rebroke it, but at the time, he was like, oh, shit, I think he rebroke it. So I never heard is the that. Is uh, that Mike Perry's mate? It is. Yeah, he fought mm. and he fought on that, like, porn uh, pay per view card or whatever at the Cam we Soda. Fight with porn every now and again. <laughs> I think he fought, fought in PFL for a time, too. Um, but yes, we all fight with porn con- consistently. Um, Let's see what else we got. Uh, Levi Griffiths, um, five dollars. Is there a case for Wonder Boy to make uh, another run for the title? Feels like he's not talked about enough at welterweight. Could he have the keys to light up Usman? The the thing that he's up against that everyone's up against is yeah, it's those takedowns. My favorite right now is like I said, Gilbert Burns. But I've been saying that you know for months. If you guys have been paying attention to these chats, he he's been my favorite for the title for a while, just because of his well-roundedness everywhere. And it's not even just that; he's a finisher too. You know, he's he's the guy that can take you down and finish you. I think he has three finishes, um, three seconds one shot at the end of the round. Power too, like- yeah. Yeah, he's got KO power and he's got kicks. Uh, he's he's got it everywhere. I think um, that's the problem that Wonder Boy's up against. He has to answer the question that he had against 
Woodley. Uh, when Woodley was in his prime, he was in his best. He did get taken down by him, not for a, a ton of time. And, of course, Wonder Boy's had years to learn since then. So I would probably take him on the losing end of any of those uh, really strong wrestlers. I would probably favor Colby to beat him. I would probably favor Usman to beat him. And I would probably favor the BJJ Ace and Burns to beat him. Do I think Wonder Boy can beat them? Absolutely. But I think that's the problem, that the past uh, that Wonder Boy's had to experience in the cage against guys like um, Matt Brown, as in addition to Usman or uh, Woodley, rather. So it's a great question. What, what do you make of that? Do you think that he should be a favorite for the title? Obviously, he looked incredible in his last fight, but it was a stand-up yeah. affair only. The problem I think I think it's just a hangover from them fights with Tyron Woodley, where he isn't put into the situation. You know, mm. um, seemed to upset. Dana greatly with the with those fights for some reason. Um I was there for one of them. I was there for the one in MSG. And um, I think he's a fantastic fighter when he when he can unravel that skill set in his full arsenal that there's no one better to watch in the sport. Um but I guess it's just him picking his gaps now. Um you know, wouldn't mind seeing him and Shamoyev if uh, if if Shemoyev gets through Leon, that would be amazing. A, a pure a purist via purist, uh, a striking purist against a grappling purist, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you've, you said this a couple of times, uh, quite humorously, the idea of like, <laughs> is the fight you never thought you wanted, but now it's the fight you can't live without is the idea of <laughs> Shemaev versus Leon Edwards. And, uh, I think we all agree with that because there's so much hype put on that. There's such a hype train on Shemaev, Leon Edwards. It's at least a big name that he gets to quell if he wins. So there's something to gain for both parties, but in a perfect world, you know, even still, I would be booking wonder boy versus Leon Edwards. Absolutely. That that would be the fight I would like the most. They're most closely know, run together. Wonderboy. Yeah, just the paradigm guys, aren't they? They're both in the same management. I know Wonderboy um was open to it, but I think Leon was annoyed that he had to fight Gunner before. And oh, yeah. you know, he was trying to push for the tail fight there. They're both stable mates of paradigm. Can't be an easy day in the office when two of the lads are fighting. So uh maybe Oof. that's something to do with it. Yeah, and we just got done talking to Chandler about that. You know, of course, Usman's moved on. He's in Colorado now. But, you know, he was training at Sanford MMA. And so everyone's pretty torn on that. Um, Anatomy of a Fighter. I forget his uh, his name, but uh, he posted on Twitter just saying it's one of the toughest fights he's had to cover because obviously he wow. gets really embedded, gets really close with these guys. And he spent a lot of times with both Usman and Burns. So it's going to be an, an interesting one for a lot of people. He's been in bed with them, and he tucks in George St. Pierre at night. Um, controversial that's a mike uh mike goldberg reference there <laughs> there was like one <laughs> thing where he kept talking about how rich franklin tucked in gsp at night and joe rogan at one point was like wait rich franklin tucks in gsp at night and he's like uh no <laughs> <laughs> dude those are mike goldberg gems anyhow um we got two more uh michael horowitz was up you punks what up michael horowitz good to see you back oh am i missing some Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you went. Uh. I was like, oh, whoops. What's up? what's up, my man? Good to see you back. Roger P., am I the only one thinking the UFC tried to screw Dubronx trying to make him take a high-level fight in just over a week? He likely yeah. lost either way. I mean, that's pretty fair. I mean, it's like you no, said, the good right. graces. Yeah, jump into this one because you actually were starting to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is something the UFC do have done it's as old as time they did it with leon edwards but she's all hate him for that apparently mm. oh why don't you fight usman on a two days notice <laughs> oh that leon's a loser but i mean it always depends on if you like the fighter or not i suppose but yeah. the 
Charles, Charles Oliveira was dead right. From a management point of view, from a coaching point of view, you would never say, yeah, go in there and fight that guy. But that doesn't mean the UFC feel the same way. Mm-hmm. They think when we come knocking, you should be answering the door every single time. And now it's rumored to be two that he's let down. And look, I, I completely agree with him. If I was on his team, I'd say don't take the fight. But they will, I, I believe, historically, they've used this against fighters. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if it happens to poor old Charlie Olives. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely could be retaliation for we wanted you to take a fight on, you know, 257. You turn that down. So we're going to give you another one last minute. So it's almost like the, it, the, the rope just gets a little bit shorter. You know, the fuse just gets a little bit shorter. It gets a little bit closer uh, to the fight every single time type kind of thing. And it's like, all right, well, now we're going to give you a lower um, fight down the cart. I don't think that's right. I'm really, uh, I've said this before, you know, like I'm really high on Charles Oliveira. I do think um, he's the most intriguing matchup if Habib were to come back because of his striking, because of his insane submission prowess. Um, and what we saw him do to Ferguson, no one has ever done to Ferguson. Whatever you want to say about Ferguson stand up and what happened in the Gaethje fight, I don't think that those two are related. I think that he got dominated in a completely different realm, completely controlled, completely taken uh, out of his own element. Um, and he's somebody that is a BJJ ace in his own right, coming out of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. He's Eddie Bravo's star people, and he got absolutely outclassed, outworked in every dimension. Um, so I'm I'm a huge fan of Dubronx and what he represents for the division and the challenges that he, face, that he presents to everyone in that top five right now. I really, really want to see him come back. So... Yeah, I hate to see the tactics play out, and you might well be right, Roger, on that uh, on that question there. And I, I hope that he gets in a, a good matchup here soon. But here's the other thing, um, and you can't forget about this. Like, when guys don't speak English, the UFC yeah. aren't jumping up and down to promote them. Yeah. Jose Aldo, for years, mm-hmm. um, Habib, for years, they didn't want to push him because he didn't have great English. Um, you know, they're... they're Jan even. I can remember Jan, there was big debates about him before he, he mm-hmm. got to fight Aldo for the vacant title. It, it's it's as old as time, that issue. Like, they want to be able to promote the fights to an American audience. If the guy doesn't speak um, English, it, it really obscures that for them. So that's that's as old as time, too. So that could factor into it. I don't know. I yeah. mean, you guys don't even like accents, let's be honest. So, I mean, <laughs> is it all that shocking to you? Well, here's a question for you, then. Um, is... Oliveira bigger than the UFC think he is uh, in terms of popularity. Is he more popular than the UFC? I thinks think so. He is? I think so. Yeah. I actually do think that with, with the likes of us, we think he's de- definitely should be fighting for a title. We've said it every week since he absolutely manhandled Tony Ferguson. This is the guy. This is the the next guy for the title. But once again, Conor McGregor is an anomaly, and mm. once he gets thrown in the mix, all bets are off. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's more popular than the UFC thinks. If that's truly what they're doing, if what we suspect they're doing is what they are indeed doing, then they are totally misunderestimating the way the fan base does see him. I do see this happen all the time, though. You know, like, you can't promote everything and it work out. You know, like, I, I truly do think that the Demetrius Johnson case, I do think that the UFC really, really tried with him. And that they were actually, you know, I made a whole video about, you know, this. It was the first video I actually made on the channel was that, I mean, they tried to make an ultimate fighter season of just champions from all around the world. They tried to set up a multi-divisional uh, weight class fight with him versus TJ Dillashaw. 
Um, and of course, you know, he famously turned that down. I don't think you can promote everything and it'd be successful. I think that there's intrinsic interest that you then augment as a promoter. You, you, what you do is you take traits, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I come from a musical background, so does Lawton. It's like, I, if you've ever done anything in your life that is marketing based, you always see it. Everyone always sees it. And, you know, in music, I saw it very starkly. Incredibly talented person here. Decently talented, good looking, <laughs> like super attractive person here, or they just knew the right people. They had the right connections. There was kind of like a different factor there, but the most talented aren't necessarily making. And sometimes you do have the overlap. Sometimes you do have both. And that's the best case scenario. But I think it's I the do. same thing with anything. <laughs> you have an amazing body. Uh, so like <laughs> there's, there's always that opportunity um, to try to push things forward. But I do think in some cases, the audience just doesn't respond to it. In this case though, with Charles Oliveira, I think they're underestimating his actual values to the audience. And a lot of people, I mean, if you look at that last pay-per-view that he was on against Tony Ferguson, that was the most hype fight on the card that had a lot of casual appeal because of Tony Ferguson, even if it wasn't because of him. And I do think that he got the rub off that fight. I think those people that were super, super high on Tony Ferguson said he's going to be back to his, you know, ways before the Gagey fight. It was just a double weight cut that hurt him. You know, all the excuses that you could have made for Tony going into that Gagey fight. I think those people were super hyped on him. And then when he lost, they're like, oh shit, he didn't just lose. He got dominated in a way that not even Gaethje was able to do. It was even more one-sided. And you have to give credit to Charles Oliveira for that. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like when Gaethje did that to Ferguson, obviously Ferguson was in a different situation, but there was absolutely no question about it. You know, this guy's fighting for the title. And then, um, Mm. well, he, he won the interim title that night. But I mean... It's just funny the way we haven't heard it out of the UFC's mouth at all about yeah. Oliveira, really, you know? Like, even at the the McGregor-Poirier, too, like, they were talking about the title conversation, and he just kept not... He, he just didn't come up, and that's why... True. I said to you at the time, Jay, I was like, the fact that Dana's not saying his no- name is a huge red flag for mm. me, and it continues to be. Mm. That is a great point. Because, I mean, when he's really high on a fight you know it's it's going to happen. You know, he kept talking about Costa versus Adesanya, and I think it was the right fight to make, but he was, like, bulldozing forward with that one ever since, you know, Adesanya got the title, even with the injury. Uh, he just kept talking about that Costa fight the entire time he was injured, the entire time he was out, the entire time the OL fight was going on. He was even talking about how that's the fight to make. Um, so, yeah, whatever you start to see Dana see, you know, it, in some ways it's obvious, but in some ways you don't notice it because the narrative gets shifted and you start thinking about other things. In that case, I mean, I, I do think we were shocked to see Conor McGregor actually knocked out. Uh, we were still thinking about the Habib stuff. He, he we lost were the leg kick. What are you talking about? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, the leg kicks His knocked leg him out. The leg kicks knocked His him out. His leg was sore. Yeah, I, I can't remember anything after <laughs> going out. Hang on. That's a bit too much now. And that's when the fight was called, I believe. He went unconscious via leg kicks. That's what it was. Yeah, not yeah, a punch landed. I, I don't remember a punch landing at all. They fix the leg kick problem, make them illegal. He's the champion. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so funny that people were actually saying that. If it wasn't for the leg kicks, Connor would have won. It's like, yeah. Like, uh, you, you could make... And even then, I don't think he necessarily would have won. Those exchanges, he was getting hit with that right I hook saw, over I and saw. over again. 
I don't know if you saw this. Someone photoshopped a sequence where Poirier is actually finishing him in a boxing sequence. And I was like, that's, that's hard to. John Cameron, it's a leg kick. It's a leg kick. You know, who who has the time in their hands to invent these videos of, of Dustin Poirier punching Conor McGregor out? It's amazing. Yeah. The, can, what is that? CGI? What, what's going on there? Um, It's amazing <laughs> Great stuff, casting. though. Like, uh, people did get kind of mad at us in our recaps where we were talking about Conor McGregor. I think the thing that people kind of missed where we were talking about Poirier less is we already knew he was great. The questions to be answered were, is Conor still top five talent? And then to see him get knocked out, I think that's why there was a bit of overshadowing there because we already, I think with the audience, we kind of took that liberty there. (laughs) Liberty, liberty mutual. Um, I I don't know what that was. I think I'm thinking of that commercial where the dude keeps making the airs. Whatever. I'm going to move on, make fun of myself there a little bit. But like the thing is, we already knew that Dustin Poirier was great. And I think we took that liberty with the audience to say, well, we're leaving knowing that he's better than he was which we already knew that. We already knew that he was a top title. Uh, I was predicting him to win. I thought Dustin Poirier would already win. Yeah. So for me, yeah. I thought the more interesting thing at the time was that Conor McGregor um, just got beat down that poorly. It showed that the, the sport had kind of in some ways lapped him. And uh, and who knows, maybe he'll come back and maybe he'll look better than ever. He's saying, no, Mr. Nice Connor. Maybe that will be a difference. But I think that was the more compelling thing because we're I already had Dustin Poirier winning that fight. I was not shocked that he won. Maybe I was shocked that Conor McGregor was knocked out. And I think that was why a lot of the focus went that way. We thought we'd see a TKO. We thought we'd see a submission. We thought we'd see a decision. We didn't think we'd see a KO because it just never happened, you know? But um, it doesn't matter because he's going to fight for the title again. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. Then it's the frustrating <laughs> thing. So he, here's another thing on that that note. You know, you see this all the time. If you're the guy lower in the ranks, you're pissed off at the title picture. You're always pissed off. Musasi left the organization for it. Rory McDonald arguably left the organization for it. We're seeing it over and over. And, you know, even though I wouldn't say that some of these guys have left recently, Corey Anderson, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he was in the title picture because he just got knocked out, but obviously he was notably frustrated with, and you could have argued he didn't need to fight Jan Blahovich. He needed to fight for a title. Um, I think that's one of the weaker cases, but that was his position. And that's probably one of the bigger reasons he did leave. Um, so that's where people are at when they're underneath. But you see, even the best of us, even the uh, the best of us, the best of them, the best fighters, that's what happens. Habib did that, that you. Uh, Habib kind of did that where he was talking about fighting Floyd Mayweather right after he beat Conor. That did happen. That was a part of the discussion. Um, and then, of course, we now have that happen with Dustin Poirier. I think it's different when you're in that driver's seat and you're saying, I can look at my grandkids' futures through the the lens of what I'm going to make in this fight. And I know I'm going to win anyway. And so I'll get my title fight anyway. So what's it, what's the worst? It might piss off a few fans. And I, I do think there's that dichotomy because as fans, we want to see the best fight. We want to see that one all day long. We don't necessarily care about the UFC as billionaires, you know, making more money, millions upon millions at the very least, if you don't value them at what they were sold for. And so it's a it's a tough uh, situation, and I do see it through Dustin's lens. I just you hate to see it <laughs> as a fan. You do, you know, selfishly. Yeah, it's tough, but I mean, you know, there there is a sense every time I see Dustin now, I'm just like, go and get it, man. Whatever it is, just you know, whatever it is you need, you put in the hard miles. 
Mm. Um, I I, can't, I think it's absolutely outrageous that he didn't get pay per view points. Yeah, for that I think it's crazy. That's unreal. Um, it, it really is. Like it's it's a shocking it's a shocking thing to have this guy have this stratospheric moment. You see him in all this big media now, the likes of Hot Ones and all this stuff. Yeah, and you're like, you know, he can easily like if they ask him, oh, how much of the pay per view could you get, and he says no, that looks awful for the UFC. Mm. We know this is wild wild west out here, right? Yeah. But the vast majority of people looking in see a guy fighting Conor McGregor and they're like, that guy must be at least 10, 15 million for this fight. And I really wished he did. But uh, just from what he said to Helwani in their interview, I don't think I don't think he did get those pay-per-view points. And I think it's a disgrace. Yeah, that's that's atrocious. Anytime you're the main event headliner for, you know, even if it's not a blockbuster, give them some. They deserve it. You're making money off of their hard work. And uh, well, they especially had, they the guy getting knocked out every fucking ten minutes for about two months to to advertise the thing. Like, I mean, that's a hard road too. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was an important part of the story. Important part of the narrative there was Dustin Poirier. You can't just say, "Oh, Connor could have fought anyone." Yeah, it, it, he was a big part of that, and I I was actually devastated to hear that for Dustin, to be honest. Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. That's a travesty. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't treat your stars like that. If there's anything that the UFC is going to have to face down the road um, with competition, it's you. <laughs> the, uh, if there's anything that's going to take them away uh, from being the number one you know, provider of uh, martial arts competition around the world, if there's anything that's going to usurp that power, usurp that authority in the sport, it's going to be things like that. That's what's going to piss people off. And, it can't last forever like that. It just can't, you know? Um, or, or one championship. That that could be the big reason, too. They have 75 billion viewers every <laughs> event. They should be very worried Dude, about those guys. Yeah, I talked about that on Twitter uh, just a little bit. I think that deserves at least a brief mention because it's $97 million in 2019 in losses. The UFC lost, what, $45 million, um, uh throughout their entire span before Tough took off and the Tough boom happened and the sport started to rebound. Even then they had, you know, massive successes like Ken Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz won during the Dark Ages. They still had good things happen. I don't think the one championship has had anything. Elite XC, they went to, I think it was like $72 million in losses before they folded. They're just gone, you know. Um, Elite XC was a thing you know, for a long time, even heading, uh, where were they before their pro elite before that? They were around for a while. They had all this investment money. They just never made money. They were, they televised the first women's fight, you know, Julie Kedzie versus Gina Carano, the first televised women's fight in North American history, you know, gone $72 million, 97 million is what we're looking at with one championship. And who knows, you know, maybe they can pull it out, but I don't see anything that's going to change that for them in the immediate. I think it's... They're so just shoisty, man. Yeah. They're just shoisty. You can't... Everything that guy says, Shatri, I'm just like, come Oof. on, why would you say that? We know that's not true, mate. I love Rug Rug, though, and they have Rug Rug fighting over there at the moment, so keep it going, boys. Let me have more Rug Rug, and I'll stop talking about you being absolute liars about your viewership. <laughs> Quit lying. What are you doing? Uh, fake news. 
Well, they they've got uh, you know DJ fighting for the title against uh, Marais next, right? So I mean they got some big big fights happening down the pipeline. I do truly wish the best for them because I think the world of MMA is better with competition. We we started off this whole thing talking about Bellator and how incredible their tournaments are and how great it is that they're reintroducing it in the sport after there was such a chasm for so long of having great Grand Prix. They're doing the best thing they possibly can with that. Competition is good. You know, what PFL is doing, given, you know, uh, you know, judo gold medalist like Kayla Harrison and an opportunity to make a million dollars in the sport is incredible. You know, there's so many guys, Lance Palmer, you know, um, Magomed Kirimov is hopefully coming. Clarissa back Shields. Clarissa Shields. Obvious, yeah, yeah. Such, such a big one. Um, it's important. Brandon Lachman. Love that guy. Uh, hey man, don't be taking people down in MMA fights. How dare he do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, ridiculous. Man, it's it's. Uh, I do. No, I agree with you. I think the 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 competition is great, but it's just one championship always have these grand gestures that yeah. they can't actually verify. Like when media tried to cover it, we can't understand it. We yeah. still don't understand the weight cutting thing. No. We still don't get it. Like years and years ago, they've told us this is the safest thing ever. When anyone's asked about it. No one can tell us why it's safer. What is the process? How does it work? Nobody can tell us. So how hard is it? If they can back up some of the bullshit they tell us, great. But, you know, I don't believe that 75 trillion people watch their events. I just don't. (laughs) And I guarantee they call somebody like Andy Foster, you know, the head of this, you know, California State Athletic Commission, one of the foremost, you know, kind of, uh, I would say... He's the guy who moves the ball forward probably more than anybody else in terms of trying to do progressive weight cut fixing measures in the sport aside from Tom Brady. Uh, he's he's just one of those guys that you know he's he, they're doing weigh-ins the night of the fight to see where people are and we saw that for Yo Romero versus Costa where we were seeing their 215 gaining 30 pounds the night that they fought each other since weighing it at 185 the night before. You bring somebody like that over there and he's like, "Oh yeah, their, their weight cutting measures are good. Then everybody's like, all right, that's all you got to do. Give that guy a call yeah. one championship. I know that they've been videotaping, you know, like w- they're actually been doing live streams, but we're still seeing Angela Lee weigh in with a hoop around her. What is that? That's a weight cut. Like it, it, it could be, you know, who knows, you know, maybe she just was a few ounces overweight and she's like, all right, you know, I, I didn't really cut weight. I, you can still cut a little bit of weight, but I mean, come on. Like when, um, 223 talking about Habib when he was supposed to fight uh Tony Ferguson Tony Ferguson trips over the wire and then it's supposed he to be Holloway right and then he had to fight with the bus um the yeah, bus was the bus. location um <laughs> all that stuff happens um somebody that got phoned up was Eddie Alvarez and he actually said it in the midst of a live chat he's like guys I'm 195 pounds you mean to tell me even though that their weight class their lightweight is 170 pounds that a guy who's 195 is passing hydration tests. 195, that's a ridiculous amount of weight. 25 pounds, right. and you're telling me he's passing hydration tests. Let's even say the weight cut dieting version of him is 10 pounds over. It's 180. That's still going to break a hydration test. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, Rant look, time. I mean, look, I'm not saying it'll be easy for me to go in and take a quick look and understand things from a a scientific point of view, but I mean, at least try and humorous, like try Mm. and explain to us why this is better. You've told us all it's so much better. We care about our fighters more than these guys do. We care about all this stuff. 
show me how it works then yeah. it's fucking easy yeah. obviously you guys have it down to a fine art are you afraid everyone's going to copy it because mm. surely that would be a good thing yeah if you was have the best hydration test for fighters surely you would want that rolled out across the sport Otherwise, I just think you're bullshit, and that's where I am at the moment. Yeah, and one knows this story better than everybody else. You know, Yan Jian Bing was the fighter that died from a weight cut in their organization, and that's why they went to hydration tests. If your if your mission is the greater good of the entire sport, then you wouldn't be looking at this competition wise. You'd be looking to save lives exactly. <laughs> like i don't know like how do you outweigh that and i don't think it is a competitive edge for them so i don't i, I don't even think they can make that argument although i know some have and so um it's just ridiculous there's no way that if it is as good as they say it is that they can't unveil the curtain and show it to us i think there's you know my opinion i think there's fuckery going on and i think that's why, the suspicion why do the fighters not know why do the fighters don't not know why it's different like that's what I I don't understand. Mm. Like they don't really get it. So I mean, how can you say that? Like I mean, it's just crazy. We need to phone up um, uh, Shorty Torres. So he was the 125, you know, flyweight contender at one point. Mighty Mouse was calling him out for the title at 125. Uh, he, you know, had has written uh, collegiate, you know, level uh, theses on uh, using hydration tests, and I've been talking to that guy about this for the longest time really need to phone that guy up and do a, a deeper piece about this because it is using the collegiate system throughout the United States for weight cuts because people have died in collegiate. They died in high school competitions. Um, so yeah, we need to jump on that piece. I think that's a, a really big one, but anyhow, dude, I'm really enjoying the tangents we're going on today. I feel like I'm getting some of the energy out of just uh, sitting on the sidelines for the past couple of weeks. Um, didn't uh, Torres get beat up pretty badly? Jumbo Dumbo doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about weight cuts, even if that was the case. Um, before we have another guy lose their lives, says Nicola Maxwell. Yes, it sounds like she agrees. Yeah. Howard Tran says he's back. I want to make sure we give the chat a little bit of love. We'll probably uh, wrap up here in the next few minutes. I have higher hopes for Ryzen than one FC. What'd you say? You dying for a piss? Yeah, always. I don't know what it is. Dude. I always just fill up with like three points of water while I'm here. I'm like, why do I do that every time? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I think, um, dude, there must be playing piss chicken. I think have it's... you ever played piss chicken? No. <laughs> Where you just drink so much water and you have to sit in a live chat going, I can, I can sit this out. You don't know. I've actually pissed myself twice. Oh, that's good. You know, um, it's better for your health. You know, Full for your disclosure, health. Real journalism, truth seekers. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad that we have someone seeking the truth here. That's what we wanted. Um, Usman is different. Probably will be the welterweight champion for a while. Uh, Mike P says, I think you have a great you know, point to make there. That Usman, for as many reasons as I can make, Gilbert Burns, my personal choice, you could say the converse here. I think it's a best. It's the best matchup you can make in the division right now. It's the absolute best matchup yeah. for a reason. So good point made there. Um, Usman isn't boring. Uh, did y'all not see the Colby fight? Yeah, he's not when always boring. He's not always when boring. When did we say he's boring? Um, I think the Masvidal fight, uh, I don't think we said it. I think he's probably arguing with the chat there. Um, I think a lot of people made that argument. Me and Lon famously had it out during that live stream with because uh, people were just, people were so mad because I don't know, they don't watch the sport. They didn't know that Usman was going to wrestle Masvidal. Whoa, Let whoa. Let him bang, bro. Let him bang, bro. Yeah, we totally... 
didn't have too much alcohol. That's not why we got mad. That wasn't that part stuff. of that at all, man. There were no, there were no leg kicks involved in that the, fight. The either. chat was um, being a bunch of douchebags. The, the thing was... Or just oblivious, more so. <laughs> just oblivious. I guess. We got hung up on the chat that was just like, boring, boring. And it's like, why are you surprised by this? Why are you surprised by this? It was just, uh, it was, we were, I was legit annoyed. So I went off. I went off. <laughs> Uh, I want Burns to win, but doubt it, says Mike P. So that's the other side of what he was saying. Um, we need to hype up Usman to get better odds, says Blaine's uh, Karama. Actually, what are the odds? So the UFC actually has Kamaru as the favorite right now. He's a minus 278 versus a plus 224 Burns. So, I mean, I guess that would be a good bet if we could get <laughs> Usman more hyped up. I don't know if that's the point being made there in the chat. It's a tight fight, though. I mean, like I, I think Bournes has been absolutely sensational since he came to welterweight. Um, yeah. And look, he he has strengths in 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 Usman's strength areas. Like he, I don't think he's going to be able to be uh, out grappled the way Usman has previously with guys. I don't think he's going to be out outpowered mm. um, in terms of striking exchanges. But I do see Usman's. Um, his pace, the pace he puts on fighters, his tenacity, and his ability to just grind people against the fence, make them carry his huge gargantuan yeah. frame. Um, I, I see that as his way to win. It's it's very it's very clever fighting the way Usman goes about his business, I always think. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. I think that's the biggest story of this because we are going to see a ton of grappling no matter what with two insane grapplers like this. And, you know, so sometimes you do get a Colby-style fight, but I think in this situation... Um, wrestlers sometimes do like their odds taking down a BJJ ace and we do see it all the time uh, we saw it with the Maya fight when he fought Maya we saw it when Colby fought Maya although he did spend a little bit more time on the feet um, you saw it you didn't see it so much in the Woodley fight Woodley kept it standing against Maya but you do see it a lot of times where people like their chances as wrestlers to take him down and that's the thing Usman is one of the biggest welterweights in the division. You could probably make an argument that he's one of the heaviest guys, if not the heaviest there. Burns is obviously coming up from 155. I think he's bulked up. But the power, the size advantage is no doubt like no doubt about it whatsoever. There's no argument to be made. Usman is going to be much bigger. Um, so that's going to be the real question. What Burns said that I like in the interview that I did with him Another shout out to Cautino who, you know, set up that interview and conducted that interview with me for the piece that we have coming out tomorrow. What he said was when he moved up to 170, it was more like his BJJ days. So we're talking about a guy who won Mundials in Gi and no Gi competition, gold medals, um, true world championship class caliber. What he said when he was in jujitsu is that he was the smaller guy and he had to rely on his skill more. And he said, that's what he likes about moving up to 170. He felt he was the strongest guy at 155. Now moving up to 170, he has to go and rely on his skill a little bit more than he could just say, well, I'm going to be the bigger guy. I'm going to, I'm going to be out, out, out strength them. I'm going to be able to, you know, out muscle them in, in one way or another. Now he's in a situation where he does have to really rely on the skin. I think at the end of the day, that goes back to jujitsu's roots, you know, 170 pound Hoist Gracie going up against the world, you know, who, so, who it's Royce Royce. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. That's, Roy, that's Royce. It. <laughs> Jesus, you Americans on your accents. There it is. Um, I said it true times I did. Um, anyhow, uh, I think we're going to save your bladder before it explodes. I'm going to give a massive shout out. A piss chicken. <laughs> it's like duck, duck, goose. It's like piss, piss, chicken. Bend I, I the knee. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope you genuflect when you piss. It's a very respectful thing to do in Ireland, I hear. Um, piss all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, massive shout out to you, uh, PT. Massive shout out to Lot. Massive shout out to the mm-hmm. chat. And of course, Michael Chandler making a guest cameo appearance on here. Yes. Uh, who? Who? Uh, <laughs> Grace, Royce Grace. Uh, that's who it was. <laughs> Him jumping on with us, uh, answering some impromptu questions, hopping on the line, lot and figuring it out by putting uh, literally the phone Dude. up to his uh, his mic and then turning it up to you know yeah. boost the volume. Just so everybody sees, this was me the whole time during that channel. So I'm good. Facing his back to my left, so I literally was doing this and then passing it back and so forth. Could hear Chandler, and then I switch back. So yeah, we, but hey, we made it work and it was pretty cool. So. High well tech yeah, operation here. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we could try to figure out something for that in the future. And yes. I know other people have done that. They, they did that on the MMA hour when Luke Thomas was running it to, you know, do phone calls in some way. I wouldn't be opposed to that down the line. But uh, so massive shout out to you figuring that out. Michael Chandler, legendary, top five level talent, could be fighting for the title next. Calls in our show. Couldn't be more flattered than that and answer some terrific questions for us. So massive thanks to everyone. We're going to wrap it up for this one. We'll see you on the Gilbert Burns video tomorrow. You guys have a fantastic fight week, and we'll see you on that next video. Peace out, homies. Love you, guys. See you.